we're going to keep the families together. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. <laughs> you didn't care for that, Mr. President. After six weeks. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and in Cottage Grove on KSO, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe across the internet every day on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising. And Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell and confused fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. This gets more and more difficult every day, but you know what, Desi Doyen? Uh, Very weird. Very weird after insisting for days that he just didn't have the power to to keep families from being separated at the border. This uh, new policy of his that has resulted in more than 2,300 kids ripped away from their parents over the past few weeks. Uh, he just didn't have the power since implementing his zero tolerance policy on the U.S. border to do anything about it. Even though it turned first time border crossing misdemeanors and asylum seekers into criminal matters, Donald Trump couldn't do anything about it, he told us day after day, tweet after tweet all week long. But I guess he could do something about it after all, as it turns out. On Wednesday, Donald Trump signed an executive order to at least partially undo his abusive and Uh, frankly, politically untenable, unsustainable border policy that he caused in the first place and which has been wreaking havoc on his administration and congressional Republicans ever since who are they are just desperate to make this problem go away just months out from the crucial 2018 primary election. So, yeah, surprise. Looks like he was able to do something about it after all. He must have been lying to us all week or Maybe he's just weak. Maybe he's just not a strong leader. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's <laughs> bent to, uh, to to the to the, to the winds, will, to, to the, the will. will of the powerful, powerful Democrats that's who are right. in charge of all three. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah. So uh, news on that uh, and uh, a bit more in a little bit. But first, 
I am very happy to say that it was a pretty quiet primary election day and night on Tuesday in both Washington, D.C. and in Arkansas, where they had a few uh, primary runoff elections there in the uh, in the natural state. That's what they call Arkansas. Really? Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, this uh, their their primary runoffs followed their uh, their uh, May twenty eight primaries. First in D.C. it was primary day, uh, and voters there cast their ballots for. Uh, actually, they elected pretty much all everyone who was already elected in Washington D.C. Uh, incumbents uh, were reelected for mayor, city council, the congressional uh, race there. That would be for D.C.'s Democratic U.S. House Rep. Eleanor Holmes Norton, who, because D.C. does not have statehood status, her uh, job as a U.S. House of uh, U.S. Congress member is a she's a non-voting representative in Congress, which is, of course, taxation without representation. And that should be changed in Washington, D.C., which should be a state. That's what I'm saying. I, I happen to agree with Thank you. you. It's uh, it's unfortunate. And you'd think that, hey, maybe the Tea Party folks would would care about that. About you know, taxation that, without representation. Exactly. That's what they claim to care about. Yeah, that was all pretend to. Uh, any in any event, uh, statehood was not on the ballot on Tuesday, but there was another ballot initiative. Uh, that actually had uh, more attention than pretty much anything else on Tuesday's ballot, Initiative 77, that would uh, raise D.C.'s minimum wage from $11.50 to $15 per hour by 2020. It would uh, raise minimum wage in proportion to the Consumer Price Index by 2021. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, and it raises minimum wage for tipped Workers by 2026, uh, restaurant workers, waiters and waitresses, bartenders and so forth, to be equal to that of other workers. So they, too, will also have $15 per hour as a minimum wage. The last part of that measure, it was the most controversial. Employers would be responsible for paying their uh, their wait staff and bartenders so much uh, and so forth. Um Enough to make minimum wage if the tips aren't enough to meet that $15 minimum wage. The restaurant industry spent a whole lot of money fighting that measure. And dishonestly so. I know you'll be shocked to learn that this uh, that these big uh, restaurant corporations were fighting dishonestly over something on the ballot. They ran a wildly misleading campaign against initiative 77 that uh, that initiative was called save our tips what yes up is down down is up uh, that's what happens with these guys uh, they claim the measure would lead to people tipping less if they felt that service industry workers were already receiving the minimum wage and you actually had people going on Fox News saying well I live here and I'm going to uh, I'm doing the uh, British uh, Stuart Varney because he's he was one of the guys that said it. I live in Washington D.C. and I will tip less if I know that they're already being paid minimum wage. Because God forbid, poor workers should get paid any more than they're already getting paid. Right? It's unfair. It's outrageous. I'll take my twenty mil million dollar contract now from Fox. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was called Save Our Tips, uh, and uh, it said that the measure would uh, lead to less. Less money for service industry workers, and the campaign was funded by a bunch of corporate outlets. It was run by the guy who used to create phony websites attacking Acorn, claiming that, remember, they were uh, they were committing voter fraud, he 
pretended. Uh, they put up misleading websites on global warming and a bunch of other misleading right-wing nonsense hoping to appear as, you know, some grassroots campaign. Anyway, good news here uh, for workers. The uh, folks in Washington, D.C. didn't buy it. They didn't buy the uh, up is down, down is up, save our tips campaign. The uh, measure, Initiative 77, appears to have passed 51 to 45 percent. Pretty healthy margin in Washington, D.C., so the people did not fall for the disinformation this time, at least in D.C. Well, well, uh, well done, voters, and congratulations to those workers who may get money that right now, I think the minimum wage for uh, waiters and waitresses in uh, D.C. is $3.03. Wow. So... Now it'll be uh, $15 per hour by the year 2020. Meanwhile, in Arkansas, where they also had some elections, uh, I'm also happy to say that things seem to have gone smoothly, along with the usual caveat here that a lot of times we don't find out about problems with elections and uh, counting and everything else until days and weeks after the election. They appear so far to have gone a lot smoother than they did on, um, was it May 28? I think it was May 28 election, uh, the original primary election in Arkansas. These were the runoffs on Tuesday. Just to give you an idea of the disaster that happened in Arkansas uh, on the voting, on some of the uh, voting and counting systems, the Lone Oak County Election Commission chairman is a man by the name of Mickey Stubby Stumball. Yes, uh, he described the evening... In uh, back in May as, quote, a fiasco, an absolute fiasco as the county fought to try and get results from their terrible ESNS, iVotronic, 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems until about 2.45 a.m. the next morning, uh, I guess, primary night. Stumbaugh, along with employees from the Lone Oak County Clerk's Office and a technician from ESNS, that's Election Systems and Software, an Omaha, Nebraska-based vendor who have uh, run elections that have failed year after year after year after year across the country, and yet they are still the top uh, pri- uh, top election vendor in in the U.S. The top failing election vendor yes. of choice for yes. the United States. Right. So they supply electronic voting machines to the Arkansas counties that uh, uh, use these iVotronic systems. Their uh, employees worked through the night trying to coax vote totals from the 200 machines, so-called portable electronic ballots or PEBs, uh, these and these flashcards, basically the, the storage media that includes the ballot definitions and the results. And they couldn't get the information off the cards in the uh, in the primaries in late May. Stumbaugh said that night much of the problem, in addition to the bulky machines, was due to mislabeled cards supplied by ESNS. As many as 75 percent of them were faulty and many of them were completely blank, he said. Wow. That's that's quite a glitch. Again, this is the glitch hiccup. Yes. Uh, In this case, they called it correctly a fiasco on election night. Yes. And again, this is the company that uh, the the top election uh, vendor, private election vendor in the U.S. They will be running elections this November. You can all look forward to that. 
Uh, Stumbaugh said that night that, uh, quote, this has been a nightmare from day one. I did have some help on early voting from the clerk's office, but today is the first time I've talked to them in over a week. I've had no help but from the secretary of state's office. My frustration level has been at an all time high. He said that night as they were trying to figure out how to get these results out of these machines that are 100 percent unverifiable and are supposed to store the results correctly or incorrectly on those cards and didn't store it at all. Stumbaugh said all of the problems experienced during preparations for the election, during the voting process, and while trying to verify vote counts from the machines had left him, quote, sick and uh, sickened and appalled. And word that the county is supposed to purchase $180,000 worth of new voting machines soon was not particularly welcome news to Stubby Stumbaugh. Uh, he said, I never dreamed that anything could possibly be harder than paper ballots, he said. Pulaski County, which I believe is the largest in the state, uh, he said, has been uh, done counting since 10 p.m. And you know why, he said? They have paper ballots. Huh. What do you know? At 1.45 a.m., they made a hurried phone call to ESNS after a discrepancy in the vote totals was discovered. At one point, Stumbaugh, talking on the phone with a representative from ESNS, said, quote, that'll take weeks, according to the reporter. As he started to say something else, he was then abruptly cut off by the ESNS technician who was on site. Remember, you've got private vendors actually running these elections, actually having access to our voting systems, in the case of Arkansas, to their 100% unverifiable systems in Lone Oak County. Private vendors want to steal an election, by the way? Just get a job as a contractor for ES&S. You can get right to any election you want and make it say whatever you want, and you're very little chance you'll ever get caught doing it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the technician said, uh, I think this is it. We found it. We've got it. There was applause and cheers in the room. The problem, it turned out, was a misread number that was creating what appeared to be a discrepancy, but was cl quickly cleared up. And the numbers balanced once it was discovered, according to Arkansas News. Feel good about that? Were they balanced correctly? Who knows? Who knows? But they took care of it. Uh, they certainly so, did. They so took care of something. We just don't know exactly what. We have what. no idea what it was, but by 2.45 a.m. in Lono County, it was all taken care of. All the votes, uh, other than three machines, for some reason, uh, from uh, a few awards had been tallied and unofficial results had been posted. Uh, that was late May. Those machines were uh, used again on Tuesday. They'll be used again this November in most uh, in most cases. I have yet to find any similar reports having happened on Tuesday. That's the good news, at least not yet. Uh, coming out of those primary runoffs on Tuesday in Arkansas, there were uh, just two state races on the ballot in those uh, in the Arkansas primary runoff. A number of local contests. Happily, there were no earth-shaking problems reported, though. So. As of now, uh, it appears to have been a low turnout affair. I'm crossing my fingers for a similarly quiet night next Tuesday when we may not be as lucky as uh, there are primary races in seven states all at once next Tuesday. I'm exhausted already just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, if you live in Colorado, Maryland, Mississippi, New York, Oklahoma, South Carolina, or Utah, you will be going to the polls by next Tuesday. 
Uh, are you registered to vote in one of those states? Do you think you're registered to vote in one of those states? Yes. Have you checked your registration to make sure you are still registered and haven't been, you know, accidentally knocked off the rolls or your friends or your family? They could probably use a reminder to check themselves. Check themselves. Uh, if you live in one of those states, now would be a great time to make sure to uh, touch base with your county or your secretary of state to make sure you are registered as you think you are. Uh, and then next Tuesday in any of those states, it's a great time to come out and vote and practice. Practice for this November. November 6th. I think it's November 6th this year. Mark it down on your calendar. All right. For the past 29 years, Hunt Palmquist writes uh, at Facebook in uh, comments that were then uh, republished by the Houston Chronicle today. For the past 29 years, Hunt said, I have been a flight attendant for a major U.S. airline. Several weeks ago, I worked two flights, one to San Antonio and the other to McAllen, Texas, which proved to be uh, two of the most disturbing flights I've ever experienced in my career. On board these particular flights were ICE agents and migrant children, approximately 4 to 11 years old, who had been separated from their families and were being flown to a, quote, relocation site. Since working the two flights, the images of those helpless children have burned into my psyche, says Hunt. The little children, whose faces were full of fear, confusion, sadness, and exhaustion, left me somewhat traumatized as it occurred to me a few weeks later that I might as well have been a collaborator in their transport. He said, I can't uh, help but think about their journey to their makeshift homes, which historically speaking reminds me of uh, re reminds one of another group of people who were forced out of their homes and relocated to ghettos. As a result of what I witnessed, I have made a decision that if I'm ever assigned to a flight with children who have been separated from their families, I will immediately remove myself from the trip due to the nature of this unconscionable act by my government and my employer's complicity. He said, I have told my story to many of my flight attendant colleagues, and they have pledged to do the same. Since sharing my story, I learned from a fellow flight attendant that he was lied to by an ICE agent who said the children on the flight were part of a soccer team. Oh, my goodness. When pressed, the agent finally admitted that they were indeed children who were being relocated to assigned camps. Hunt Palmquist writes, this is not the American uh, citizen that I was raised to be, nor the one that I will embrace. I keep kicking myself for not trusting my gut and walking off both of those flights. I will no longer be complicit and will walk away from any future flight assignment that tries to make me a pawn for this disgusting and deplorable cause. Good for Hunt Palmquist and, uh, frankly, good for the Houston Chronicle in picking up that story from uh, Facebook and uh, republishing it as an op-ed. Yeah. Uh, not sure which airline Hunt works for, but earlier on uh, Wednesday, uh, after the op-ed was published, American Airlines issued a statement requesting that the U.S. federal government, quote, immediately refrain from using American Airlines for the purpose of transporting children who have been separated from their families due to the current immigration policy, they said, we have no desire to be associated with separating families or worse, to profit from it. 
That was part of a statement released on uh, Wednesday in which they write that the family separation process that has been widely publicized is not at all aligned with the values of American Airlines. We bring families together, not apart, they said. So I guess good for American for standing up. Some six weeks after this policy had been put in place, Washington Post observes that Democratic and Republican lawmakers have spoken about uh, spoken out about the Trump administration's hardline zero tolerance immigration policy, which has resulted in a sharp rise in the number of children separated from their parents at the southern U.S. border. The president of the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics has said it amounts to child abuse. Church leaders have called it immoral. One's uh, reportedly suggesting canonical, is that how you say it? Canonical uh, penalties? Oh, canonical. Canonical? Is that how you say it? I think it'd be canonical. Uh, In any event, uh, church leaders have called for penalties for those involved. Uh, Former first ladies from both parties have called for it to end. And now corporate America's uh, leaders finally, (laughs) as of today... In an event, uh, they are now finally adding their voice to the growing chorus of critics denouncing the policy or calling for Congress to act. Speaking in Dublin, Apple chief executive Tim Cook told the Irish Times that what's happening is inhumane and needs to stop. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg encouraged donations to the Texas Civil Rights Project, saying we need to stop this policy right now. Hey, you know who's got enough money? To fund the Texas Civil Rights Project enough to uh, protect every goddamn child who's been separated from their families? You know who could do that all by themselves with one single donation? You mean the billionaire Mark Zuckerberg who leads Facebook? Yeah. Nonetheless, he spoke out and asked for others to donate. Uh, The uh, chief executive of Chobani who is an immigrant who is uh, known for hiring refugees, tweeted that separating a child from a mother or father is not political. It is inhumane. It's against everything this country stands for. I have seen it in other parts of the world, but never thought I'd see it in the land of the free. More tech CEOs, including Ubers, Twitters, Googles, They weighed in with uh, tweets. Uh, Johnson & Johnson chief executive called for an immediate end to the policy. Goldman Sachs chief executive Lloyd Blankfein called it tragic. The chief executive of Cisco Systems said in a tweet that the practice is cruel and contrary to American values. But before those folks are lauded too much here, again, this policy has been going on for weeks and weeks Where are these great American heroes? Where were these great American heroes over the past month or so since this policy was put in place? Where are these uh, great American corporate heroes when it comes to the other part of the policy that very few people have been talking about over the past week, where Jeff Sessions announced that uh, we would no longer accept domestic abuse and gang violence as a reason to claim asylum in this country. So uh, before these uh, folks are lauded too much, uh, just that reminder, uh, Michael Tofel, a Harvard Business School professor, said, quote, it's no longer where are they, it's what took them so long. Now, he said, the risks seem much lower in speaking out. You have religious leaders speaking out. You have the first ladies on your side. How much more risk reduction can you expect at this point? Leslie Gaines Ross, um, 
a, a strategist at uh, some place called Weber Shandwick said uh, on Tuesday morning, I'm a bit surprised that so few companies have spoken up at this point. My immediate reaction was that all this just erupted to the surface, but it's really been in the news for six weeks, she said. In any event, now that it's uh, become clear that Donald Trump was going to have to back off, I mean, it's one thing if uh, Democrats are against it, and another thing if members of Congress, Republican congressmen, men and women, are against it. Uh, religious leaders, doctors, first ladies, his own wife, but now corporations are speaking out about it? Well, I guess we're going to have to do something about it after all. So, uh, you know, it's now become safe for CEOs to potentially cross the president very courageously. Uh, But, of course, one crosses this extraordinary bully of a president at their own peril as the cowardly members of his own party in Congress found out out again on Tuesday night. Uh, That story and uh, Trump's backing down, complete 100 percent reversal. And what all of this means or should mean for Democrats and progressives before the 2018 midterm, that is next. Take a quick break here. Come back with that. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That song's actually called Immigrant Song. I know. For those who don't know. Yes, it is. Uh, Donald Trump in the Oval Office. On Wednesday, meeting was a meeting with GOP lawmakers to discuss what, if any, immigration reform could possibly be passed by the House and the Senate. He had a very important announcement for the media that was gathered there uh, before the meeting on Wednesday. I do want to say that because we're all so busy, and I just mentioned to the congressmen and the senators in the room that we are going to cancel and postpone tomorrow's congressional picnic. We have a congressional picnic tomorrow, and I was just walking over to the Oval Office, and I said, you know, it doesn't feel right to have a picnic for Congress when we're working on doing something very important. We have many things that are important. With yeah. that. It didn't feel exactly right you to think? me. So we will be officially postponing the congressional picnic for tomorrow. We'll make it another time when things are going extremely well and they are going for the country extremely well they're already going extremely well but we'll cancel it uh, hold the picnic off for another time yeah until things are going better for some reason it just didn't feel right i don't know why but something it just didn't feel like the right moment to have a congressional picnic on the lawn of the white house 
With kids, by the way, with where parents get to bring their children for a picnic. And I all those photos for publicity of all those Congress members with their families enjoying being with their children. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why he decided to cancel it, because as he said, things are going extremely well in this country. <sighs> Bowing to pressure from anxious allies... As Associated uh, Press reports, President Donald Trump signed an executive order Wednesday ending the process of separating children from families after they are detained crossing the U.S. border illegally. It was a dramatic turnaround for Donald Trump, who has been insisting wrongly, says AP, that his administration had no choice but to separate families apprehended at the border because of federal law and a court decision. Make no mistake, this is a... 100% reversal from everything that Donald Trump has been claiming that this could not be done by an executive order, that he had no choice but to separate these children. Today, he signed a uh, an executive order uh, that these children should not be separated from their parents. Until Wednesday, the president, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen and other officials had repeatedly argued that the only way to end the practice was for Congress to pass new legislation, while Democrats said that he could do it with this, his signature alone. And then, of course, that's what he did on Wednesday. He said uh, his order would not end the zero tolerance policy that criminally prosecutes all uh, adults crossing the border illegally. The order aims to keep families together while they are in custody to expedite their cases and ask the Department of Defense to help house families. Here were uh, some of his uh, comments promising to continue even though he was signing this order, promising to continue his zero-tolerance policy. We're going to keep the families together. I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. So we're keeping families together, and this will solve that problem. At the same time, we are keeping a very powerful border, and it continues to be a zero tolerance. We have zero tolerance for people that enter our country illegally. So uh, they're keeping a very powerful border. Glad to know our border is powerful. Uh, it should be noted here that despite his uh, retreat on family separation, the New York Times reports that the 2,300 children that have already been taken from their parents, they will not be immediately reunited. What will come of those children, how soon they will be reunited with their parents? If ever, I mean, some of the some of these kids have uh, some of these uh, parents have already been deported. Yeah. So that remains to be seen. This mess. Uh, too bad we couldn't have a picnic tomorrow. I'm just thinking out loud here. Anyway, <laughs> this mess uh, will continue for some time. And Trump's order is likely to create a whole new set of problems involving the length of detention for families. That was likely to lead to uh, new court fights as well. Trump had tweeted earlier on Wednesday, quote, it's the Democrats fault. They won't give us the votes needed to pass good immigration legislation. They want open borders, which breeds horrible crime. Republicans want security, but I am working on something. It never ends. That's what he said uh, this morning before he ultimately signed this executive order after blaming the Democrats, as he's been doing all week. 
and putting out that fault fal- that false notion that Democrats want open borders. He did that again uh, in his comments uh, in the Oval Office today. We're having a lot of problems with Democrats. They don't want to vote for anything. They don't care about lack of security. They really would like to have open borders where anybody in the world can just flow in, including from the Middle East, from anybody, anywhere. They can just flow into our country. Tremendous problems with that. Tremendous crime caused by that. We're just not going to do it. So Democrats just want open borders. That's the only other uh, option here. Uh, Of course, this is coming from the guy who said he has no choice but to uh, separate children from their families. So, you know, take it with a Trump-sized grain of salt. But this notion that that's what Democrats want, open borders. Uh, We just went through eight years in which many Democrats and independents and progressives and even Republicans decried Barack Obama appropriately as the deporter in chief after he spent record uh, a record amount of money on the border deported a record amount of people but other than that yeah sure democrats uh, they just want open borders so people can flow in especially from the mid east i wonder who he's talking about there well of course he's depending upon the idea that most of the public and especially his base won't remember any of those pesky facts from before about what the previous administrations had done they won't remember that because they probably don't know i mean because they've been watching fox news where he's been you know where for the past eight years uh during barack obama they were talking about how he's you know terrible on the border he's uh, letting everyone in who comes here and everything sure. else and didn't tell him that yes he was much more powerful on the on the border had a stronger border uh, than any other previous president for good or bad I'm not saying I'm in favor of uh, Obama's policies I'm just saying yeah that's what they were and the, the, you know the the notion that Democrats want open borders I mean is just pathetic and ridiculous but but hey propaganda works apparently so. This uh, policy, as uh, AP notes, had led to a spike in family separations. Uh, More than 2,300 minors separated from their families at the border uh, over just the past month. Two people close to Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen said early Wednesday that she was the driving force behind the plan to keep families together. After they are detained crossing the border illegally, one of the people said that Nielsen, who had uh, become the face of the administration's policy after this press conference on Monday at the White House, where she said, we do not apologize for this uh, for this policy. We have no choice, where she echoed exactly what Donald Trump did. One of those people uh, said that Nielsen had little faith that Congress could act to fix the separation issue and felt compelled to act. To act, Nielsen was heckled at a Mexican restaurant, a Mexican restaurant where she went on. uh, I think this one's on Tuesday evening. Protesters showed up at this Mexican restaurant where she was eating and mercilessly heckled her for about 10 minutes until she left. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like. Abolish us! Abolish us! 
I and guess that put her off for dinner. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, would you like another margarita, Madam Secretary? That's what uh, was going on for about 10 minutes inside this restaurant. Uh, the Secretary Nielsen could not even look up from her food or her phone or whatever it was she was doing. I suspect she was horrified, as she should have been. So uh, the Department of Justice says, no, no, it wasn't her. It was us. It wasn't. Uh, we came up with the idea to end this policy. Uh, the White House says, actually, it was uh, Donald Trump's wife, Melania, who has been pressing him all week to end this policy. Uh, in any event, uh, the policy was ended sort of by a stroke of Donald Trump's pen, as Democrats had long said he was able to do. The New York Times reports that the Trump administration's plan, however, to end family separation via executive order uh, will involve the creation of a system for indefinitely detaining families together, which uh, seemingly violates the uh, 1997 so-called Flores Court Settlement, which prohibits the federal government from keeping children in custody uh, for extended periods of time. The Flores Settlement is named for a teenage girl who brought the case in the 1980s, and it requires the government to release children from custody and to their parents, adult relatives, or other caretakers within pretty much 20 days of being de of being detained if those options are exhausted authorities must find the least restrictive setting for the child who arrived without parents whether that can happen uh, now under this new policy whether they will be uh, try to detain these kids for more than 20 days that will certainly be adjudicated i suspect in the coming days as we find out what trump's new policy actually does uh, or doesn't do. Now, to be clear, yeah. this is what, as I understand it, that Trump could actually end the entire family separation policy completely and immediately by telling the Justice Department not to prosecute people coming over the border as a criminal charge a criminal rather matter, than the misdemeanor that it used to be civil, charged. Right, a civil okay. charge. And not just that it used to be charged, that, it was th that, that his own administration was doing a month ago. Before they change the policy. So, yeah, he could just go back to the previous policy. You'd still have to deal with these uh, 2,300 kids that are now in, in uh, imprisoned, essentially, uh, from uh, the past uh, six weeks or a month. But, yeah, so this is his policy. This is his choosing. And I suspect there's still going to be a lot more fights, uh, justifiably so, over all of this. When I... Um, Got off the air, was it Monday, um, here in uh, L.A. at KPFK, our studios here. Uh, I got some email uh, from a, um, a listener who just calls themselves AIIR. I suspect uh, that they uh, clicked on the link uh, at, at uh, KPFK to send email to the person who was on the air, and that's what they uh, put. I had uh, been covering this uh, story for several days by that point. I talked about Kirsten Nielsen and her uh, press conference and the lies that she was telling the American public from the uh, from the, the uh, podium White House of the White press. House. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so this uh, person, don't know if it's a man or a woman, uh, wrote to me and said, here's a real news alert. Democrats, that's capital R-A-T-S, Democrats and liberals are finished. Your silly station is the reason real Americans hate you. 
Funny you called Kristen Nielsen a liar. It's Kirsten Nielsen. Uh, a liar because your worthless station is based on nothing but lies. You wouldn't know a real fact if it punched you in the face. <laughs> the blue wave, as you call it, ha-ha, is dead. Actually, it was never alive. You all live in a fantasy world. And until you and 90.7, that's 90.7 FM, KPFK, right here in uh, Los Angeles, until you and 90.7 look reality in the face, you're doomed for failure. None of you are journalists, but it looks like Prez Trub, Trump is on a serious roll. P.S. F. Crooked Hillary and F. You. Wow. Somebody's uh, angry. Someone's someone's got a got a mad. Someone's got a sad. Got a, anyway, makes you wonder why he would be listening to KPFK. But in the first okay. place, I don't know. Anyway, Hate listening, I guess. I don't know. Thanks for that input. Always <laughs> glad to hear from listeners. Uh, you can also drop me uh, a line if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. Mind you, he or she did not call that day. When I had opened up the phone lines for more than an hour, for some reason, uh, he or she sent email because I guess, you know, they didn't want to defend that silliness uh, on air in person for some crazy reason. But this sort of person, you know, I hear from these uh, people all the time. It's not a surprise. This is what this president has now created among us. Either he's created it among us or he sprung from it. He sprung from this ugly, bitter swampy sewer uh, that uh, Fox News and Republicans have been creating for the last year. But, uh, you know, it's it's not just his followers. Obviously, it's Donald Trump himself, as we saw on Tuesday night in a kind of a remarkable. Donald Trump uh, went to Congress on Tuesday night to uh, supposedly for a meeting that was meant to rally uh, Republicans who will be voting on immigration bills this week. Maybe we'll see. Uh, at least in the House. And Donald Trump started off by uh, saying, is Mark Sanford here? I just want to congratulate him on running a great race. Now, if you don't know who Mark Sanford is, he was the former governor of uh, South Carolina. He uh, ran uh, in a primary. He's now a uh, Republican congressman in the House. He ran in his uh, primary a few weeks ago and just hours before the primary polls closed, Donald Trump came out with a, a, a tweet asking people to vote for his opponent, his far-right opponent. Now, he's already a right-winger, Mark Sanford, but he was running against someone who was to the right of him because Mark Sanford had the temerity some months ago to question Donald Trump, some of his policies and some of his language. Mind you, Mark Sanford votes 90% of the time with Donald Trump at least. But anyway, he was turfed out. He was one of two Congress members so far, uh, incumbent Congress members who uh, decided not to quit but ran for uh, re-election and ended up getting turfed out in a Republican primary. And this jerk, this president, Donald Trump, walks into a room and says, hey, is Mark Sanford here? I want to congratulate him on running a great race. Knowing that he lost, knowing that he lost two weeks ago, that he's out of a job Thanks in no small part to Donald Trump. The room uh, went silent, according to Jake Sherman of Politico. Trump then called Mark Sanford a nasty guy. There were a few rooms, uh, a few uh, boos in the room. Uh, a bit, says uh, Sherman. So this is how ugly and awful this guy is who now runs our country. This was essentially him walking into a room and saying, did you see what I did to Sanford? Don't let that happen to you. 
It's the way a mob boss runs his operation, not the way a president of the United States runs the country, at least until now. Des, you said uh, it reminded you of that scene with Robert De Niro as yes, Al Capone. Yes, uh, that, that scene, I, was it as Al Capone? Al's yeah. Al Capone in as, The Untouchables, yeah. Yeah, in The Untouchables where he is, uh, he has all of his uh, fellow family leaders around him in this room and he's walking around them with a baseball bat and then he proceeds to attack someone and beat them to death. Beat the crap out of Essentially yeah. showing the other mob bosses this could happen the to boss. you. Yep. So, but you know what? We we know that that's who Donald Trump is. He's feeling his oats now. As things get worse, he seems to be happier about it. Just an ugly, horrible person. Um, but I, you know, I, I kind of want to take a pro- point of personal privilege here because this is something you know we expect that kind of email from that guy or girl. We expect this uh, sort of behavior from Donald Trump. But uh, after I got off the show on Monday here at KPFK, I got off the air, walked into the studio, ran into uh, someone else. I'm not going to mention who uh, who it is, someone else who's on air there who I like, a friend of mine who I like a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was worked up after we were seeing all of these horrific pictures coming in about the family separation. And he said, well, you know, uh, Barack Obama did the same thing. Here's the facts. Barack Obama, no matter what you think about him, no matter how much uh, he was called the deporter in chief or anything else. No, he did not do the same thing. Yes, there was a flood of children who came here uh, in back in 2014. They were unaccompanied by uh, by their parents. So, yes, they had to be held in some of these detention centers until someplace could be found. To place them into uh, with with relatives or foster homes or something. But no, Donald Trump did not do this. And when you say that, uh, oh, you know, Barack Obama did that as well. When you say that, you know, you when you suggest, oh, both sides do this, they're both as bad. Uh, No, they're not. Or at least get your facts straight. I've got to be careful of my uh, language here because this so ticks me off. This notion that, oh, both sides are the same. We are, you know, I have no problem criticizing Democrats, criticizing Barack Obama for what he did, but he did not rip children from their parents thousands at a time by way of a policy. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, the policies changed when these uh, this flood of kids came in in 2014. The policies changed for uh, asylum claims for domestic abuse and gang violence. And when you you know suggest that oh, Brian, Obama did the same, Democrats did the same, they haven't done anything about this for years, you're essentially echoing what Donald Trump said, and you're sending out the message that, oh, both sides are the same. They're both the same. Why bother voting? Why does it matter? It doesn't matter anymore. Because they're both terrible. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe they are both terrible, but one... The Republicans are a hell of a lot more terrible and are doing a hell of a lot more damage to this country, to the world, than Democrats have ever done. And if you don't like Democrats, that's fine by me. Uh, You know, show up at primaries, uh, fight like hell to get someone who's more progressive in there. But when we get to uh, November, let me be clear here. There is one thing to do. You know what? I hear people talk all the time about uh, the reason they don't vote a third party. Uh, I'm sorry. They, they, they don't vote in um, uh, midterm uh, elections is because they don't know who the candidates are. They, they, obviously, a presidential election, you get a lot more uh, information about what the candidates stand for and so forth. And 
They may not know who their local congressperson is, uh, you know, their local city council and so forth. And they don't know. And that is true. And people don't know. And Democrats, by the way, need to do a much better job of getting the word out about what it is they stand for and what it is they will do if they are elected to office. But these are the stakes. And I I guess I'm going to have to keep repeating this uh, throughout the next few months until we get to November. These are the stakes. If you don't like what Donald Trump is doing, you have one choice this November. You have a choice to walk in and vote for whoever has a D next to their name. Even if they're a terrible Democrat, even if they're a corporate Democrat, if you want to put the brakes on what Donald Trump is doing, you will have to vote for a Democrat. If you like what Donald Trump is doing, if you want more of what he and the Republicans are doing, then you have one other choice. Walk in. Actually, you have a couple choices. But walk in uh, this November and vote for the person with R next to their name. Or stay home and don't vote at all. Both of those things will help the Republicans and you will get more You will get more Donald Trump. You will get more Al Capone with a baseball bat instead of policy for our country. Those are the choices. So if you don't know who they are, if you don't know who your Democrat, who your uh, people are who are running this November, all you need to know is the person with the D next to their name will result in less Donald Trump policies. The person with the R next to the name will be more of the same. Just, you know, I'm probably not putting that very well, but it kind of makes me crazy when I hear uh, progressives, good progressives, like my friend at the station, get sending out the notion that, oh, all is well. They're all, the, they're all the same. Why bother, you know? Democrats are just as bad as Republicans. If you still think that, you are the goddamn laziest American I have ever met in my life. So, all right. Did, did, did I make that clear, Des? Have I made have have I made this point clear? This is not me advocating for Democrats, by the way. Like I say, if you like what's going on in the country, if you like what Donald Trump is doing, go in, go vote for Republicans. I will still fight for your right to vote and have that vote counted and counted accurately in a way that you can know it's been counted accurately. But if you want to put the brakes on this stuff. Please spare me that both sides do it. Both sides are just as bad. Both sides are not just as bad. And if you want to vote third party, you want to vote green, libertarian, if you think you got a candidate who can win, great, go vote for green and libertarian. But if it does not look like they can win, what that means is more Donald Trump. Which you may want, which is fine. But let's be clear. And if you're a progressive, spare me this nonsense that both sides do it, that both sides are just as bad. The Democrats are just as bad as the uh, Republican Party. No, they are not. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you.
uh, calm me down with that music, Des? Yeah, yes, a little bit. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I appreciate what you said, and it does drive me crazy as well to hear people claim that, hey, both sides are exactly the same. Both sides do exactly the same thing, because that is that is just not true. And he, by the way, he wasn't even saying both sides. I know. He, but, but in saying, you know what, Democrats did that too. Barack Obama did that for years. You, that's the message that is being sent. And it is just an inaccurate message. And, and, and it, I think it suppresses yeah. the vote. I think it makes people feel hopeless. It makes, I fear that it makes people feel like there is nothing that they can do because nobody is good enough and there's no place that they can get the information to be able to make a difference. And that is simply not true. Voting is the last firewall. The courts are trying. We have judges in place, but Trump is, you know, Trumpifying the judiciary as well. Voting is the last firewall that we have. And if you can see now that that Trump is basically holding these children for ransom and the Republicans are holding these children for ransom to get the bill that they want on immigration. Sorry, it just it gets me. Yeah, <clears throat> gets me too. And so uh, that's why it kind of drives me crazy when I hear my friends, when I hear people I like, people I agree with in general, uh, politically, uh, giving out this message that, oh, it doesn't make a difference. Ultimately, they're all the same. They are no, not. No, you know what? They are not. The, the 30 million Americans now have access to health care that did not have it prior to the Obama administration. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, Obamacare not being good enough, the Affordable Care Act, but the fact is, and it's not, and we need a better system, we need a Medicare for all, single-payer type system, but the fact is 30 million Americans now have access to health care that did not have it before. And the Republicans are trying to take that away. And they would take it away in a, a second, in this afternoon, if they could. Imagine if they did not have this kind of public condemnation, this kind, this level, this surge of public outrage. Imagine what more they would be doing right now. Do you want to uh, do I have time for one more story about what it uh, could be like if we lived uh, in a normal country at this point? Canada's Senate finally uh, gave passage on Tuesday to the federal government's bill to legalize cannabis for recreational use across the entire country. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government had hoped to make pot legal by July 1, but the government has since said provincial and uh, territorial governments will need a few more weeks. So they're uh, now gunning for uh, early or mid-September. Trudeau tweeted, quote, it's been too easy for our kids to get marijuana and for criminals to reap the profits. Today, we change that. Our plan to legalize and regulate marijuana just passed the Senate. That's what it sounds like in a normal progressive country. And yes, that doesn't mean uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is fantastic. We just criticized him like crazy a week or two for buying up uh, uh, the, the, the tar the, sands pipeline the to Trans nationalize pipeline. it. Yes. Yeah. He is not infallible. He is a human being. He makes mistakes. He does not agree perfectly. He does not align perfectly. And yet he's able to achieve some pretty good things. If they can move forward more than we can move back, then they can move back. I would consider that a political victory. That bill passed in the Senate. Uh, for pot across the country, 52 to 29. 
Independent Senator Tony Dean, who sponsored the bill, said we have seen in the Senate tonight a historic vote that ends 90 years of prohibition of cannabis in this country, 90 years of needless criminalization, 90 years of a just-say-no approach to drugs that did not work. They are the largest developed country to end a nationwide prohibition now on marijuana use in the neighboring U.S. Meanwhile, nine states in the District of Columbia have legalized marijuana. California is home to one in eight Americans. We launched uh, the U.S.'s biggest legal marijuana marketplace back in January. And to be uh, frank, I, I, I haven't noticed a difference. No. There's... I barely noticed that it even happened. Canadian Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould, who is essentially their Jeff Sessions, essentially, uh, tweeted that it was, quote, a historic milestone for progressive policy in Canada. That is coming from Canada's Jeff Sessions. Health Minister Jeanette Petipa-Taylor tweeted she was thrilled that the Senate approved the bill. She said, we're on the cusp of a sensible, responsible, and equitable cannabis policy. The Canadian government largely followed the advice of uh, a marijuana task force that was headed by former health minister Anne McClellan, as well as the advice of the former Toronto police chief Bill Blair, who is the parliamentary secretary to the justice minister. Uh, The most controversial aspect is that Uh, The minimum age uh, for uh, buying pot recreationally across the country um, will be 18 or 19, depending on the province. That's lower than in the U.S., where uh, you got to be 21 in any of these states. So that's what it sounds like when you live in a progressive country. Yes, I know that uh, they have their Rob Ford and uh, family uh, there as well. Yes, they have crazy people, but... um, Just a little reminder of sanity on this continent that we can restore at some point in the near future. Elections have consequences. Says you. Thank you very much to our producer, Desi Doy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's Bradcast, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I am Bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. And my thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.